Hey there, and welcome back to the Nutrition Edit. Today is going to be a really special episode. I wanted to record this for those of you who feel like you're doing everything right, but you just feel stuck and you're not seeing the results or the breakthroughs that you want to in spite of you know feeling like you're doing all the right things. So maybe you're struggling with chronic illness and you've followed your treatment plans to a T, your nutrition and fitness are dialed in, but maybe you're struggling with weight loss resistance, whatever that might be. If you're feeling like there's just something stopping you from getting to that next level, this episode is for you. Today, I'm going to be talking with Dr. Nikki Giandomenico, who is a licensed naturopathic physician and acupuncturist. Nikki completed both her doctorate in naturopathic medicine and her master's degree in traditional Chinese medicine at Bastyr University here in Seattle. She also completed her Chinese medicine program in China, which is pretty cool. Dr. Nikki specializes in environmental medicine and chronic disease, and she is also a gifted intuitive and energy healer. So I'm excited to talk about this. She shares a lot of really great juicy information that I think is going to be super inspirational for you. So stick around and enjoy the show. Welcome to the Nutrition Edit Podcast for high-performing women who want to up-level their health and feel their best in their bodies, careers, and personal lives. In this podcast, I'll sift through the latest nutrition and biohacking trends to filter out the bullshit, share what you really need to know, and help you put the good stuff into practice in a way that works for you. You'll get actionable tips from guest experts and myself on how to up-level your mindset, workouts, relationships, and environment, and start feeling like the badass woman you are. Join me as we bust through the bro science and male-centric health paradigm to help you achieve optimal performance, body, mind, and soul. So, hey, Nikki, welcome. I'm so glad that you're here today. I've been excited for this, and I'm super looking forward to it. Thank you. Me too. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So I don't know how long we've known each other now. It's probably 15 years, which is a little crazy to say that, but I'll never forget the first time that I met you, met you. The first time I actually met you, you were doing your residency <laughs> at Pasteur Clinic and I came in for my annual exam, <laughs> which we all enjoy so, right? And, you know, obviously we weren't chit-chatting, but you seemed cool enough. And then like not even a week later, I think, <laughs> our mutual friend, Brooke, Dr. Brooke White, who I'll also have on another episode, invited me to her birthday party and guess who I was seated across the table from? But you. <laughs> I remember sitting there going, oh, dear God. Like, this is the woman that just gave me my annual exam. I was mortified. I wouldn't mortified. recognize that end anyway. <laughs> <laughs> so you're safe. Yes. And I kept thinking, like, I hope she doesn't. I hope she doesn't recognize me. I hope she doesn't recognize me. <laughs> this is going to be really awkward. But I instantly adored you. And we've been friends ever since. So. And obviously, you know, Brooke explained to me, it's not a big deal. It's like, you know, a dentist seeing someone's teeth. So yep. no big deal. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> I'm so excited to have you because we, you know, we've worked together before in a clinical setting. I have seen firsthand just what an amazing doctor and practitioner that you are. And so I really wanted to have you on to talk about energetics and mindset and really address the issue around, you know, when someone feels like, Hey, I'm doing everything right. My nutrition is on point. My exercise is on point, or I'm following all my doctor's protocols exactly 
to a T, why aren't things changing or why aren't they changing fast enough? And so you and I have been doing some of this work lately and talking about this a lot. So I thought it was really, really, really crucial and exciting and super interesting information that I wanted to share with everybody. So that said, tell me a little bit about your approach when you're dealing with someone like this, who, for example, you know, has been dealing with either chronic illness for a long time or in the context of the clients that I work with, you know, maybe they are doing everything right, but for some reason they're still experiencing, you know, weight loss resistance, you know, struggling maybe with autoimmunity, sleep issues, hormonal issues, things like that. So what can those roadblocks kind of be that are sort of unseen? Yeah. I mean, I see that all the time, really, especially in the chronic illness world. I mean, we see it in all in all phases of health, really, in all phases of patient care. But it's markedly so apparent when you have patients who will go to the ends of the earth for treatment. They'll go to do a specialty treatment in Germany or get a special type of IV or do hyperthermic treatments, ozone treatments, you know, whatever it is, they might hear about something in another country and someone else did this and they got well. So they then go and do it and hoping to get the same result and they don't get the same result or, Mm -hmm. you know, a myriad of different things like that. And I tell patients all the time, you have to change what's on the inside first. So you're constantly creating your entire world. You're, you really are the master creator. So whatever it is that you're experiencing, whether it's ill health or a particular symptom or anything in your day-to-day, something about how your life runs or what you're encountering maybe at work or in relationship or whatever, it's directly a reflection of something that you are creating on the inside. And so you can chase down, you know, I'm going to change jobs. I'm going to get in a different relationship. I'm going to use a different practitioner. I'm going to take a different supplement or do a different therapeutic, but yet nothing really changes, right? You're, you Mm -hmm. get the same outcome only now you've got it with a different person or you're in a different relationship, but that pattern is still there. Mm -hmm. And the idea is really to look at, we really kind of look at everything differently from the ground up. So energetics come into play a lot. And a lot of times people wonder, you know, what does that word actually mean? And so, you know, I sort of say, well, we are energy. We, you know, coming into the world of quantum, meaning it's, we are beyond what you can experience with your five senses, you know, see, taste, feel, hear, et cetera. So having said that, what does that really mean? And if you look energetically at what really makes you up, you are the culmination of your thoughts, fears, beliefs, the way that you perceive the world, essentially. So if you have a particular health issue or something going on in your life, it is, it's almost like Velcro. It's directly linked or related to some other aspect within you, some maybe deep-seated fear or malaligned belief or something you're carrying from from a past experience that you no longer want to be bringing into to your present time or your future. So the, the real work is to, to excavate that, excavate what part of me is creating this and where is this coming from and how do I sort of unwind that and, and create the, the structure that is aligned with the outcome that I want, so to speak. So yes, certain treatments may create an outcome that you're looking for, but you have to align yourself with that outcome first. Then when you go do the treatment, you get the result that that you're wanting. But if you haven't aligned with that outcome, you're still 
aligned to maybe the old story or the old energy, then all the treatments in the world aren't going to be able to bring you there. That makes sense. It does. It does. So kind of two questions within that. First of all, I'd love to know a little background of how you came into doing this work, Mm. either, you know, before or in addition to just practicing medicine the way that you were before. And then can you give us an example of, you know, let's say I'm your, your patient and I'm struggling with chronic fatigue or headaches. Let's just say headaches. That's a good simple example to use. No matter what I do, the headaches aren't going away. What is the behavior, language, thoughts, et cetera, that I would be using in order to call in, so to speak, the healing that I'm seeking versus if I'm not doing that, if I'm just not changing internally, but expecting and hoping for the outcome of of getting rid of my headaches. Does that make sense? Yeah. So really what we're talking about with this work is, is patterns that need to be restructured. You could have an acute headache or an acute pain or an acute something. You treat it, it goes away. But when something sticks around or lingers like a pattern, maybe you got headaches as a kid, or maybe you know you are developing headaches as part of entering menopause or aging or post a stressful situation and now they won't go away or what, what have you. When it starts to form a pattern, is when we really want to look at, well, what are the energetics behind this? So maybe we'll, we will, we'll take just one random one. Maybe when you were a kid or maybe you were in a, a different aspect of your life, maybe in your 20s at your first job, post-college or something, you started getting headaches as a result of stress or as a result of something in your diet you were eating. Or maybe as a kid, you were getting headaches when you were you had stress at home and that was one of the ways that your body sort of discharged that energy and it presented for you. That pattern is sort of ingrained in the body. And mm-hmm. the whenever the body gets triggered then in the same way, so maybe you get stressed in the same way or you get abandoned in a partnership and you were abandoned as a kid or your boss at work is playing a role that one of your parents played or an old partnership played or something like that. Right. That way the body discharged that energy showing up in that headache presentation gets triggered and the body says, alert, 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 that same triggers coming in mm. again and goes back to that old roadway is that pattern's already connected in the body and it goes down that road and it shows up the same way. And if you don't have the awareness to draw that conclusion and make those connections, you're going to run down every treatment for a headache there is. You're going to take every right. herb, every supplement, cut out everything out of your diet, sure. do all of this stuff. When in reality, it's linked in a much you know, deeper way that you're going to have to really pull apart and take a look at in order to really heal. Yeah. And then it is interesting. I certainly came into this work later. You know, I originally, when I was going through med school and and practice post-school, I really wanted to work with athletes. I had spent time living kind of a, I would say, high athletic output life and was really interested in, well, how do we optimize performance and what, what are we really capable of? If given all of the right things, if all the conditions are met, what's the optimal performance we can get out of ourselves? And that always really fascinated me. Mm. And then I finished school and was doing, I can't remember which early years of practice or residency, but I got really sick. 
And so I went down the rabbit hole of going from like super athlete to, I mean, through, I think most of med school, I was, I was still getting up at five in the morning for runs before, you know, getting, you know, to class for 8am being class all day for my doctorate. And then I would have an hour break and then I would show back up for the night school and I was doing my master's in Chinese medicine at night. And I did that for, you know, years and years and years. And weren't you running like marathons or doing Ironmans or something like that? No, not Ironman. I didn't even know about Ironmans then, but I lived in this sort of high octane place, (laughs) Jackson Hole, Wyoming. And so there were, there were a lot of high output kinds of things, big mountain runs and things like that, that I, I did a lot of. So it it really was just second nature to me to go, go, go like that all the time. And I didn't Mm, really think mm -hmm. anything of it. In fact, I, it's kind of how I fueled my life. You know, if I wasn't going a million miles an hour, I I didn't really know how to get out of bed in the morning for anything less than that. But, you know, having said that, by the time I got out of school and did all my board exams and got going with practice and was really just trying to focus on being, you know, the best early young doctor I could, I started to notice, whoa, you know, I'd always had this high output life and all of a sudden I'm not I don't have that same output anymore. And, you know, it was a real telltale sign when I would just get out of bed barely in time to to get to work or clinic Mm -hmm. and not, you know, not go for a run beforehand or do a run after or sometimes both. So long story short, I ended up getting pretty sick and spent a number of years kind of doing the work that I do now with patients, going down the rabbit hole of trying to figure out what was wrong with me. And back in the day, you know, no one really knew what Lyme disease was or mold illness or any of those things. So right. I was really kind of shooting in the dark to, to figure out what was going on with me. And it really was a deep excavation of every aspect of myself <sighs> that really, when it spit me back out, changed the way I view everything. So the way I viewed medicine, the way I viewed health, the way I viewed myself, the way I view the world everything just sort of got a a big makeover. And I began to look at, you know, my patients differently. I wouldn't just see a symptom or an illness or even the patient per se, the person I saw the whole ecosystem, you know, Mm. how are you interacting with the world and how do you feel about yourself? And I started asking questions like, well, on a scale of one to 10, what's your happiness level? Where are you in terms of your life goals? Where are you in terms of, you know, all the boxes you want to check, you know, before you die? These sort of bigger questions, really excavating what is hidden underneath the surface and and oftentimes hidden from the patient's awareness as well. You know, it wasn't just that they weren't sharing it because there wasn't room for it in the medical visit or the medical interview. They weren't sharing it with themselves. They weren't even asking themselves these questions anymore. And in order to get myself well... I had to touch on all the boxes. It wasn't just about doing the right physical treatments for me. It was really looking at those things and taking apart essentially my identity, who I thought I was, who I was as an athlete, as a successful person in life, as a person who's going after my goals. What are all the things that define who I am? And at the end of the day, when I lost my health, or I would even say extreme health, because I had sort of defined myself by that for Mm. a while. Mm-hmm. I really had sort of a life crash. Like, oh my gosh, if I can't do these things or right, who am I? Good at these things, who am I? You know, do yeah. I have any worth at all? Mm. And so it was really that sort of major excavation that is what led to what I do now and how I see patients and 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 practice medicine to this day. 
So it's, it's, I can't really explain it in one. I wouldn't say there's one reason or one thing. It was more, I sort of hit a wall and had to step back. And then it was just uncovering layer after layer after layer until we were looking at the absolute core of what needed to be. Hello, amazing woman. If you're enjoying the show, I would love to connect with you over on Instagram. Just find me at Wellness and DM me the words nutrition edit. I'll add you to my close friends list where I share exclusive content and you'll be the first to know about my upcoming masterclasses and programs and get early access to my waitlist. Okay, now back to the show. Yeah, I think that's so powerful. Thank you for sharing that story because oftentimes, probably all the time, except for the rare exception for someone like you, doctors do not ask questions like this. And they usually don't have the bandwidth to take the time to ask questions like this. And if they do, they may not have this level of awareness that these different aspects of our lives, you know, spirituality, relationships, all these different things, our careers, identity. I think most doctors don't acknowledge those or understand the effect that they have on our physical bodies and our health. And you had told me once when we were talking that healing is actually a physics equation. So I'd love to know a little more about what you mean by that. Yeah. You know, in physics, and I'm certainly not a physicist, so my my physics examples are coming from very rudimentary science here, but, you know, the very basic fundamental level, going back to the the kind of science background that I have in physics, we really talk about energy and energy systems. And, mm. and you really look at mm-hmm. what goes into a system and what comes out of the system. And if you want to change what's coming out of the system, you have to change what you're putting in, in, in very basic terms. Yeah. So for example, if you want to get ice, you have to put water into the system and cold into the system. And if you are getting water outside on the other side of the system, if your if your output is water and you want ice, well, you have to look at, well, are you putting in the right substrate? Yes. Are you putting in the right conditions in terms of temperature? Oh no, my temperature might be too high. I need to turn my temperature down. Mm-hmm. So it really is um, looking at health the same way. What are we putting in? Instead of saying, oh, I'm getting the wrong thing out. Something's wrong. Something's broken. My system's broken. I'm broken. My body's broken. The body is not broken. The body is is perfect all the time. Every every aspect of what the body is doing is is 100% what it should be doing. So if you're getting, if your output out of the system is not what you want, you have to look at what you're putting into the system and not just write the system off as dysfunctional. Or try to do the opposite. Yeah. And, you know, I always say too, it doesn't really matter what you're treating the system with. You know, you can treat the system in conventional medicine, maybe with a drug, if that's your choice and your symptoms go away. Great. If that that makes you happy and that's your goal, fine. If you want to do natural medicine and you treat with maybe a vitamin you're deficient in or a food you need, great. And your symptoms go away and you're happy with that result. Great. They're all different ways of treating the same, the same problem. And you can, you know, different strokes for different folks, whatever speaks to you. Fine. But at the end of the day, if you want true healing, 
if you want to actually not cover anything up and absolutely what I call write the energy so you're getting flow all the way through the system, the the maximum flow you can get with the best output possible, then you have to look at all aspects of what what is going into that system. And a lot of those things we are not aware of. We're not usually aware of our thought in any given moment in, in, in the subconscious or a deep-seated fear we may have of something. You know, we kind of operate from this consciousness place. You know, our right. thoughts that we think, we sort of let our mind take the first front seat and mm-hmm. our intuition or our body language or our, you know, heart communication, all of that kind of, you know, goes in the back seat and we just sort of let the mind lead us. And I tell people every day, you really can't believe anything the mind says. The mind lies all the time. And yet here we give it all the permission and the the power to to run the show. Do you think that's more of a Western problem? I mean, as a traditional Chinese medicine practitioner, like, do we see more awareness of that in traditional medicines or is it problematic kind of across the board? Well, certainly there's more awareness, you know, a hundred percent, both, you know, different indigenous cultures and the way they approach healing is, is along this way. And, in Eastern cultures and, and Eastern medicine and, and Ayurvedic medicine. And, you know, these principles really have stood the test of time through, through many different modalities. It really is the Westernized aspect of quote unquote medicine and what medicine means necessarily. And even that is fairly new, fairly recent. You know, the roots of medicine do come from naturopathy. Naturopathic medicine, Mm -hmm. also called German biological medicine or German biologic medicine, really did come from Germany. And and that is sort of the the natural aspect and the holistic view of the patient or of the organism and the organism's environment is originally how all medicine began, but we've kind of compartmentalized and broken off of that. And certainly we're more guilty of that in Western culture than other cultures. Yeah. 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 That's fascinating to me. And I think we're starting now to grasp more as a society, the interconnectedness of everything. Mm -hmm. You know, I think of the person, the human body, or health, it's the same thing with agriculture, isn't it? I mean, (laughs) if the air is polluted, if the groundwater is polluted, if we're putting chemicals and things on the soil, if microbes are overabundant or missing, I mean, there's all these different aspects that go into creating a healthy crop, for example, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. That has all of the vitamins and minerals and is nourishing and kind of there has to be this sort of optimal system. And if that's not optimal, over time it breaks down, right? And I know like I've had acupuncture work done before and that's purely energetic stuff. And Mm -hmm. I used to think that was a bunch of woo-woo before I got into this sort of work. And I thought, oh, I ended up having to go as an emergency fix for this back spasm I'd had. I'd never had acupuncture before and I couldn't get in to see a chiropractor, which was the only solution I knew of at the time. And so, you know, someone at one of those chiropractic offices said, look, like a block down the hill from you is this acupuncturist. She's wonderful. Go see her. So I quasimodo down the hill and <laughs> thinking, what is this going to do for me? You know, I'm in pain. Like something's clearly out. Something's wrong with my back. Like what's it going to do? And within moments, like, you know, she had 
needles on me and cupping and whatever. And by the time I got up off that table, it was like nothing had ever happened. I was a hundred percent, you know, it was just incredible. And I remember from that point, just thinking like, oh, wow, there's so much more going on here. And there's so much more to health and healing than I had ever acknowledged or been aware of before. And that was sort of one of the first things that piqued my interest in, in natural healing and medicine, because, you know, it's just energy meridians and Mm -hmm. our body's this amazing electrical system. Nothing happens in the body without the exchange of electrons. It's it's Mm -hmm. fundamental to, to making ATP, to the exchange of things into and out of the cell. I mean, basically we can't function. That's a fundamental way the body works and cells operate. So to not have a the view of the body as an as an energetic thing really is is kind of ridiculous because at the end of the day everything is just energy because everything is really just right. exchange of electrons. <laughs> so the more we understand that, you know, we start to learn that we can induce that effect or reduce that effect in in different aspects of the body and that we are, you know, a lot more things are at play affecting ourselves on that level than than we originally thought. So if we talk about alignment, I kind of say to my patients all the time, you know, healing really is that who you are on, on all levels is aligned. And so, you know, we kind of look at it as who I am at the greatest expression of myself, my highest self, my best self, who I am who I aspire to be in any given moment, not coming from a wounded place, not coming from an old programmed thinking place or an old story pattern place, but just fully present in the now, in the moment, coming from the highest place possible, who I am on that level and who I am in the physical, who I am in the mental, emotional level, my thinking, thoughts, my beliefs, the things that I hold on that level. And my emotional level, meaning my, how victim to my emotions am I? Do I let my emotions run me? Or do I realize the gift and the ability to feel and that emotions are just a feeling and I don't have to become that emotion? Do I still hold who I am and and not fall victim to any given emotion that might, you know, be present for me in, in a particular situation. So if you look at who you are on all these levels, when they are all aligned, energy can flow. And that right flow of energy and that healthy movement of energy through the system is essentially what is health. So when someone is not healthy, we have to look at each of those layers, each of those levels and excavate and restructure and maybe realign each of those levels in order to come back into the system as a whole being balanced and, and creating flow. If that yeah. makes sense. It does make sense. And I think it's really empowering. That's the whole point, right? Is you have the power, no matter what level, no matter what story, no matter what issue, no matter what circumstance, no matter what symptom, everything comes back to you. You know, a lot mm. of, a lot of times people might say, oh, well, that's saying it's my fault or, or that's saying, you know, I'm causing this in some negative way. Really, at the end of the day, that's putting the power to change this back in your hands. That's putting you back in the driver's seat to say, oh, it isn't this thing outside of myself. It's my relationship to that thing. And I have power over that. 
Mm. I have power to determine how things impact me and why. I have power to determine where my position is on each of these levels. How aligned am I in each of these levels? I can uncover where I may be out of alignment and I can recreate that alignment and create that flow. No one can, can, no one is in charge of that. No one can affect that if we don't give them the power to do so. So in in my view of it is, is very empowering and nine times out of 10, taking that power back is the biggest and first fundamental step to reversing whatever health picture you have, whether it's a chronic patterned issue or it's an acute issue, how you approach it and looking at your relationship to it is fundamental to healing it, to shifting it. Awesome. And if you can give us like a little example of something that would illustrate the difference between that sort of why is this happening to me (laughs) versus the how am I responding to whatever is happening? I just am moving into a new place and encountered more, more things in the first week than I would have predicted possible. And after enough of those things kind of culminate and happen together, you definitely, you know, start to waver a bit your commitment and and ability to really understand what is happening and to and to to know kind of what what's going on. And so I think, you know, you might start questioning things or you might start looking at things differently. And for for me, it was definitely spending a little bit of time like, oh my gosh, this is like the money pit. And what did I get myself into? And, you know, every layer I would uncover, there'd be five other layers underneath that I would have to uncover. And so I stepped back for a minute and just sort of reassessed the, the situation and really kind of tried to take in, you know, this moment here in this space and all that's happening. And I sort of restructured my relationship with it, you know, rather than, than thinking this was something that was happening to me, I started to really see it as an opportunity for me to show up differently. Mm. And, and what change can I bring about in doing that? How can I shift myself? And then therefore see a shift in outcome by doing that. And so, you know, at first it was sort of all these big things. Oh, why did I have to uncover an old pipe and a leak and have to fix a wall and all this kind of stuff. But then it really, you know, when I started shifting my outlook and really seeing the opportunity that was here for me, I started to just see so much grace everywhere that I looked. And, you know, in a world, a post-COVID world where it's so difficult to find someone with the ability to see you within a two-month period um, or help you or materials aren't available or what have you, I've just had such, I've just been very blessed to have things be kind of flowing right along and, and solutions showing up and, and, and kind of change the the dynamic a little bit. So I, I think there's always an opportunity for self-reflection and self-excavation and taking that ownership of how we are relating to something, our relationship with something. And as we do that, maybe shift within ourselves, we often will see it bring about a, a change in in our situation and our circumstance. And that's still 100% true with health as well. Yeah. And after the work that we were doing together, we just did one session together. Mm. And I started just sort of writing some things down with the writing exercises that you gave me. And 
the first thing I did was sort of to change my thoughts and speech around certain things. Mm-hmm. And there were a couple things I think that I'd mentioned to you where I felt like there was a little bit of conflict or just different viewpoints between my husband's and my mindset around certain things. And within, you know, a matter of several days after doing this work myself and not mentioning anything to him or asking him to do anything at all, I don't even know that he was aware that we met. Hmm. He brought something up to me of his own volition that was something that I had had, you know, some concerns about. And it was just a complete 180 Hmm. in his sort of attitude and mindset about this. And it was really cool because I said to you, I was like, Nikki, I don't know if this has anything to do with that. And you said, well, yeah, it does. But it was a really exciting thing because this sounds, I'm sure, to some people like woo-woo, but it really isn't. I mean, like you say, it's it's physics. It's something that's very real, very scientific. It's energy and everything is energy. And so seeing this in my own life happen, it happened so quickly was really profound and exciting. And, you know, you explained to me that, well, yeah, when you start doing work on yourself, that it has a sort of ripple effect. So I'd love for you to touch on, you know, the difference between the energetic work that you're talking about and just, you know, manifestation that we're hearing about lately. Cause I feel like this goes a lot deeper than that. So is that something you can clarify? Well, I would say, first of all, manifestation is, is a loaded word Mm. and it really is quite complex. And I guess the simplest example I could give would be you might want to create something or just want something so badly and you put out maybe to the ethers or to to the universe or you know I want x y or z and then and then people often think well if you're going to manifest it that just means you want it believe you can have it and then it shows up for example Right. And and really there's we're just so complex. We are we are multi-layered organisms here that 9 times out of 10 the part of our consciousness that we're aware of is a small was a very small part and that the greater part of us for the most part especially if we haven't done much work on ourselves is really the the subconscious. So, you know, we're kind of like icebergs, right? That part under under the water is the greater part of the iceberg and is usually for us, you know, the subconscious and the part of our consciousness that really is in conscious awareness is that small part above the water. So if you're trying to manifest or create with that small part above the water only, mm-hmm. and yet the bulk of you is still under the water creating other things, maybe in the right. opposite direction, you're working against yourself because you're only thinking of yourself as the part of you that you can see or the part of you that's above the water. And so the real work is really excavating that subconscious and taking a look at it and bringing that into alignment with, oh, okay, so consciously I want this and I know I'm good enough and I know I can have this and I can create this. But subconsciously, I'm still living from this old story of not believing I'm worthy and Mm. believing I can't have and and yada, yada. And so all of this is working against me. But if I'm not aware of that, I'm just putting this part that's conscious out and wondering why I'm not getting back what it is that I think that I maybe should be. So there's just the principles are, are a bit complex and there's a lot going on there. But at the end of the day, 
it really is about rather than maybe judging or blaming why something isn't happening, you want to approach it from the aspect of, well, this is here for a reason. There's no question. The outcome that is here is being created. And so mm-hmm. I have to find what are the parts of me, maybe conscious or subconscious that are creating this and shift them to align them to what I actually want to be creating. And, and it's, it's true in our health too. You know, our, our body will show us if we are not looking or paying attention or listening, our body will make us know that something is not aligned. So you may, you know, you may be running marathons every single day and feeling great. And then all of a sudden, bam, something huge happens. And the body's like, no, no more. Mm -hmm. Well, that may have just happened for you in that moment. Right. Um, it's been building it's been up building for a really long time. And you just yeah. haven't been listening until the point where, you know, the body finally said, you know, I can't carry this for you anymore. Yeah. So, you know, I think, I don't know if I've answered your question and kind of went off on a tangent, but I, I do think that um, oh, you definitely did sort of understanding those, those fundamental energetic, you know, principles and, and approaching with that sort of level of doing the deeper excavation and, and unearthing of what is out of balance on all of those levels of existence is is how we really solve any any issue, whether it's health or otherwise. Yeah, no, that makes really good sense. So I'm curious, what would be some simple ways where people could start to make shifts? So for example, like I'm going to make up a, a fictional client. Let's say my fictional client has had a history of sexual abuse in her, in her past. And she's, you know, struggling with excess weight, maybe some other health issues and is just struggling to have a breakthrough. Like what would be one of the simple ways she could just start to get unstuck? Well, it's (laughs) simple ways. It's a very complex issue. Yeah. Right. (laughs) (laughs) I think Probably the first one I would say is the first step is to stop blaming yourself and looking at you or your body as doing something wrong, like coming Mm, from the approach mm -hmm. of, look, this is where I am for whatever reasons, whatever protective mechanisms, whatever is underneath the why of, of all of it, Mm -hmm. this is where I am. And we first have to come to terms with the now before we can change it. So if you are, whether you're overweight or you're in chronic pain or you're, you know, whatever it is, if you are on a health quest to change where you are because you want to be someplace different, Mm -hmm. forget it. You have to first Hmm. learn to love where you are and accept where you are before anything can change. So you can't get to where you want to go. Uh, in resistance, you have to come into acceptance. And that means I have to accept all of what is here, all that I don't want to see, all that I don't want to feel, all that I don't want to know about myself, about the world, about other people, about whomever. And, you know, I always say you, you can't fix what you don't know is broken. You can't, you can't do the work when everything is buried and you're not aware of it. So the the first fundamental step is to come into awareness of what is and acceptance of what is there before you change anything. That's not an easy one, Dr. Nikki. <laughs> it's not an easy one. But I will say one thing that you said to me in our session together that I felt was super helpful was you said, you know, stop 
looking at things as either good or bad. It just is. It's just right. the reality. And that was really helpful because I was able to kind of step back and like you said, kind of release the judgment around it because just those words, good and bad, they carry so much charge, right? Mm-hmm. And sort of a similar yet dissimilar note, like I often tell my clients, like, stop saying I was good or I was bad when it comes to your food choices. Like you just made the choice that you made and maybe it served you well, maybe you didn't. But if you decide it didn't serve you well, okay, well, what would you do maybe differently like next time for yourself instead of beating yourself up over that choice? Like, it just is. Whatever it is, it's not good. It's not bad. Let the judgment go. Be in the moment. You can always change things down the road. But like you say, you know, you have to be aware. You have to have some level of acceptance. And we know too, just statistically, that when people do have Let's use weight loss as an example, because it's such a common goal for people. When people are more accepting of their bodies in the present moment as they are, and they can establish some sort of self-love appreciation, whatever that is, acceptance, where they are when they start, they are far more likely to reach their goal and be successful down the road. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Again, that kind of brings up the things that we're not aware of, Mm -hmm. right? You know, and some of the fundamental principles too of energy. So for example, if you are like judging yourself or in this bad, good idea, you sort of become addicted to, to both. You're addicted mm. to being bad and yeah. wrong because maybe that's only what you know right. and addicted to that idea of trying to become good, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You're, not, you're not good or bad for doing a good or bad thing. And, and so a lot of times, you know, people are really surprised to say, actually, this has no reflection of you whatsoever. Like nobody cares. Yeah. Nobody cares. So when you take away that aspect and you realize, well, what am I if I'm not doing something to be good or mm-hmm. doing something to be bad? What if I take that away completely and that is gone? Who am I if I'm just floating in this abyss of nothingness? Mm. And that's the the first fundamental level of fear that we start to get into is is people weren't realizing they were addicted to an identity. It didn't even matter yeah. what identity it was. I needed right. to something and to see myself of something, even if it was I'm bad. Or yeah. And when we took that away completely, and they realized they didn't have an identity at all, that then they realized, oh my gosh, this is so scary. I had to attach to some level of calling myself something because deep mm-hmm. down inside, I actually didn't know who I was at all. Right. And perhaps I was living what other people told me I was, or uh, yeah. it was reinforced that this is what I'm about, or this is what's important to me, or this is what I'm good at. So this is what I'm going to do. At the end of the day, your identity is essentially made up. You can be anything you want to be in any given moment. <laughs> so at the end of the day, looking at well, who am I? What's important to me? Not, not what am I living for other people or what was I told I should care about or yeah. what did my boss say was good or what's going to get me this raise or what yeah. my kids want from me or my husband or my wife want from me. But at the not end- Not shitting of, on yourself. <laughs> yeah. At the end of the day, what am I about? What's important to me and how do I want to show up? And what if nobody cares? What if absolutely nobody thinks twice about- my being good or bad in this moment about Mm. my eating the entire bag of potato chips or not 
about yeah. my running those last three miles or not, or my losing these last 10 pounds or not? What if none of it matters? And then people really start to uncover, oh, I, actually, that's really scary. I want this to matter. I want to focus on this one problem because the mm. bigger problem underneath that this is covering up is where I really have fear. Right. Or pain or something that's mm -hmm. being suppressed and that you're being distracted from, essentially. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that leads me into my next question about relationships. You know, I think that a really common challenge that people have who I work with is their social circle and the fear around losing their social life, losing their group of friends because maybe their lifestyle is changing. You know, I've had people say to me so many times, like, well, you know, we go on wine tasting trips and we, you know, go to the bakery every morning on Sunday. Not that you can never do those things, but the idea of them shifting their lifestyle where taking good care of their bodies, honoring their bodies, eating a different way is somehow or possibly going to alienate them from their crew or their group of people, their support system. And I think we have so much invested in that, you know, just from kind of a survival level, right? <laughs> I mean, early man, if we weren't in community would die, probably you have to, you know, you rely on that social construct and that support system to some degree, just for survival. But nowadays, we don't necessarily need it so much for survival. But I think there's still that sort of innate desire to belong to feel part of something. And so I think that's genuine, you know, fear and block for a lot of people that subconsciously, if they think, oh, wait a minute, I'm not going to fit into this crowd anymore, it prevents them from making the changes that they want and need to make in order to get what they want for themselves and have the lives that they want. So what would you tell somebody that's, that's concerned about that or thinks, well, you know, what if my partner leaves me, <laughs> et cetera? Well, well, a couple of things. The first would be, I think, I think we, one time we talked about this, I said something along the lines of, of this, but you either, you know, betray the pattern or you betray yourself. Right. Mm, so, so powerful. If you're connected in a way, whether it's your friend group or your intimate relationship or what have you, and, and you're connected in a way that is not serving you where you're having to betray yourself in order to be in this dynamic. And you find that shifting this will help you come to health, but you don't want to give up this particular connection or this particular way of being in the world. So ultimately you're betraying yourself and making that mm. choice. Well, that would be the fundamental issue there is that you would be willing, you know, to do that. Whereas yeah. betray yeah. the pattern means, well, this pattern isn't serving me. So I'm, <laughs> I'm going to drop this because it's not aligned with my end goal, which is my, you know, health and living in a way that is sustainable and either the pattern will shift and the people in my life will shift and the things that we do for fun will shift to align with that choice. And I won't have to betray myself and I won't have to give up something that's important to me in order to be with these people. Either the people will shift and I'll get new people or the pattern will shift and we'll do something that's aligned with what works for me. But at the end yeah. of the day, the the outcome will be the same. I will get to my goal of, of health and live in a way that is aligned. And the people in my life will also be on that same trajectory with me. They will be aligned in the same way that that choice is aligned for me. But if I'm, I'm going to sacrifice that for the sake of an attachment to a particular mm. thing that is not good for me. And that mm -hmm. doesn't mean, you know, 
we get, we can enjoy life. You know, it's, it's right. Once in a while that matters. That's what you do all the time. Absolutely. To eating ice cream every single day and you have a, and you're lactose intolerant, you're going to have yeah. a health problem. Right. <laughs> but that isn't to say that you've, you've dialed yourself in and all the things that are good and healthy for you. And you, you can't do things that do create community for you. And so, right. I mean, that, there's nothing wrong with that at all. Of course, right. it's simply making sure that you're doing it in a way that is aligned with with what is healthy and good and aligned for you. Yeah. Um, and then you're, you, you know, you build your relationships and your friend group and your community on that. And in terms of relationships, yeah, you know, and, and you gave an example of this, but if there's an unhealthy relationship pattern, you know, maybe it got created in the very beginning and then you're in, in a relationship with someone many years and then down the road, you don't want this pattern anymore. You want the relationship. Right but you realize, oh, wait, I've been betraying myself in this way. Yeah. I don't want to do that anymore. But yet I'm afraid if I give this up, my relationship person won't stick around or my relationship won't handle this or my marriage mm -hmm. will be affected by this. And, and I think when we talked earlier, um, you know, we said something along the lines of, well, when you heal you and you write that energy and you create that flow, that energy goes back into the relationship or into that dynamic, maybe it's a family dynamic or a, a intimate partnership. And that gives the part that that other person it was holding the ability to change them as well. It's a gift. You know, when we heal ourselves, yeah. we really are giving a gift to those around us and to the world that then they get the opportunity to, to continue that writing of energy for them as well. And either they'll show up, oh mm -hmm. yeah, that, that works for me too. Or I like yeah. that, that fits me better as well. And the entire relationship evolves or they won't. And when you get right. that back right. to them, they get angry or they blow up or a fight ensues or what have you. Well, that's the natural unfolding of that dynamic yeah. of energy. That energy was not aligned and not flowing, right. it was contorted in an unhealthy way and attached to, you know, unhealthy old story things that needed to go. And when you righted it for yourself and it went back into the dynamic, either the family relationship or the marriage or what whatnot, the part that that other person was holding goes back to them and they have the opportunity to then look at themselves and write their energy as well. And either they show up with you or they don't. And if they don't, you know, they may go, but either way you don't lose because right. they'll just call in the person that is going to do that with you. That is going to align in the way that meets you. That is, it's your destiny. You can't, right. healing is physics. It's physics. When you yeah. create that energetic shift, you call in others on that same trajectory and you either get the relationship you want. Maybe it's with a different person or the person that you're with shows up in the right way, right. but the outcome is aligned with where you are going. You can't not have that. You know, it, some could even say it's sort of in the stars already. It's your birthright. And we are meant mm. to when we come here. We are not meant to suffer um, right, yeah. our life and then die. We are meant <laughs> yeah. to heal. We are, we are such potent beings of energy that we have the capacity to heal anything and everything and create the extension of that healing beyond ourselves and everything that we touch, every, every community, relationship etc to bring that healing forward and to have an exponential result of of others healing on that same trajectory so it really is a gift and that sort of uncomfortable edge that facilitates healing 
when mm-hmm. we meet that within ourselves and we show up for that and we say, oh, this doesn't feel good for me. You know what? I'm going to do the right thing here. I'm going to no longer betray myself or I'm going to no longer suppress yeah. this or I'm going to finally look at this or heal this or release this or let this go. That healing action then trickles through for all the all the people that come next. So all the other people in our lives, it impacts our kids, it impacts our spouse, it impacts our the yeah. people we show up for every day. And so it really is, you know, I, I, I always say, heal yourself, heal the world. That's, that's how you heal the world by healing yourself. So yeah. you had a great example of that. You know, you made a change internally within yourself. You had a decision point and you showed up aligned with that decision point and the self-talk you use and the action you use and the way you aligned yourself with that choice that you were making for yourself energetically. And next thing you know, it was reflected back in you in your partnership. And you had that expression come come exponentially forward. And that was because of work you had done, which you hadn't even realized. Oh, wait a second. Yeah. (laughs) I forgot I I even had to shift this. I forgot I was ever not doing this. Right. It just becomes this new, we sort of are born anew every minute. We just don't realize we keep recreating what we don't change. So if you want to create change, you simply get, you know, right now is another opportunity from that minute ago. Right. And, and, and here's So it's this wonderful gift that we're given that we always have these constant opportunities to show up differently and create change. And I think, you know, I always tell people, look, if nothing changes, nothing changes. (laughs) And it can be, it can feel insecure and scary initially. But I think if we can look at these things, instead of trying to hold on with a death grip to whatever we have that's comfortable, because our, you know, our nervous systems on a base level, like new and different can feel scary mm-hmm. and threatening to some degree. But if we can look at it differently, instead of going, oh, I don't want to lose this relationship mm-hmm. and instead go, you know, why am I hanging on to this? Like maybe there's a new relationship either with this person or with somebody else. Like, why am I holding myself back from the optimal situation, the optimal health or the optimal, you know, relationships, careers, level of fitness. It's kind of like you're just putting so many limitations on what's possible for you by hanging on to what is. Mm -hmm. And I think it's a natural kind of human reaction to want to hang on or just maintain status quo. It feels safe to some degree, Mm -hmm. but you know, it's once we can step out of that and acknowledge possibility. And I think just shifting that way of thinking it a little bit going, well, there could be more, it could be better. What am I holding myself back from? Yeah. And I think that's the fundamental of, of mindset, right? Mindset Mm -hmm. really is not so much about the outcome that you want. The outcome is really just a side effect. Mindset is how do I show up in every moment? What's my relationship to this situation or to this moment or to this issue or to this person or what have you, or to myself and just creating, you know, constantly excavating, creating that continued awareness of the present moment. That's one of the reasons why I do give writing homework and sort of journaling exercises to do. The word journaling freaks everybody out. and Everyone's like, oh. <laughs> oh my God, that was me. I hate it. I'm like, I'm not a journaler. I hate journaling. Don't make me journal. <laughs> and then I do it and I'm like, I journaled and it worked. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, we hate journaling. And I always say to my patients, you know, you're not the only one. You think you're the only one, but everybody hates it. And the reason is because journaling is the way that, that we sort of force ourselves to look at, excavate, 
the present moment and, and how we are showing up and what we're doing. We become mindful in the moment. Most of us want to tune out and just go on autopilot. Like I want to come right. from work, sit down, eat these potato chips and watch the show and, and completely, you know, numb out for a while. And then we look down and the bag of chips is totally gone and we're three shows right. in and we haven't gotten off the couch and, and what have you. And um, we didn't even enjoy the chips for real. Because <laughs> you're so checked out. Yeah. Right? <laughs> At the end of the day, and I think I've given you this example before, to shift this pattern, you don't force yourself to only have five chips or force yourself to eat something healthier, not have any chips or whatever, you know, being in that resistance where you have to punish yourself and fail mm -hmm. and all that. The answer really is you just shut off the TV. And, and what, that, what that means is you just become mindful. You become yeah. present. You eat all the chips you want, but sit in full awareness of mm, every single yeah. one of them. Taste every, right. feel every chip. You're not going to be able to have more than a serving of or a handful of them. You won't be able to eat the whole bag when you do that. So it really is just journaling is our way of reestablishing that capacity to be mindful because we're so mm. tuned out. We've gotten in a habit that mindfulness, that continued presence and awareness is too much. It's, it's overload. Mm -hmm. It's exhausting. Mm -hmm. I can't. I can't be aware of everything all the time. Why I'm doing things, why I'm thinking things, it's too much. And ultimately, that's just a belief. It's not actually true. Mm. The more aware we become, the more things shift in the line on their own. Because we, we gave it the light of day. We gave it conscious awareness. It had to shift. The only right. way things work against us is when we suppress them and we're not looking at them. But when we actually mm. witness it and become aware of it, we can't keep doing the things that harm us. It goes against our, it goes against our DNA or it goes against our biology. So really just bringing things up into awareness and creating that mindfulness on a regular basis is the fundamental step of change. You'll, you know, patients always say to me at first, it's like pulling teeth and they don't want to do it and they sit down and nothing comes out. And I always tell them, well, you did it. It doesn't matter that nothing came out. You you gave yourself the commitment and you showed up and you and you sat down and, and gave time to that commitment you made to yourself. Of course, mm -hmm. nothing's going to come up at first because everything yeah. follows energy. Energy follows patterns. So you've had the pattern of suppression for so right. long. And the first time you sit down and give it the ability to come up, that direction's not going to just change direction and start going upward yeah. after it's been downward for most of your life, you're going to have to sit in anticipation of that for days and days and maybe even weeks until finally the body says, oh, wait, we're not suppressing anymore. We're unearthing. We are creating awareness. We can go and shift this into upward momentum. And yeah. inevitably what always happens is next thing you know, oh, wait, you know, I always make them commit to either 10 or 15 minutes and that's it. Even if nothing comes out at the end of that time, you get up, you leave, you've done, you can check it off job well done. And ultimately that 15 minutes turns into 20, turns into 30, mm. turns into an hour, turns into can't stop writing, turns into life, yeah. changes, turns into, oh, my marriage is better. Oh, I got divorced, left that guy, got found the man <laughs> of my dreams or woman of my dreams or yeah. changed my job or started working for myself. Or next thing you know, the health issue they came in with, they don't even mention because they forgot they even had it because so many changes took place. They realized, oh, wait, my whole life was sick, not just my body, not just. The yeah, sick. yeah. How I was showing up was sick. How I was mm -hmm. thinking about myself was sick. How I was perceiving my world was sick or the world was sick. 
And so when you start to take all that into account and develop awareness and develop compassion and acceptance, you start to then become in relationship with these things differently. Instead of in resistance, you're allowing, you're able to see, you're able to show up, you're able to, you know, begin the process of, of moving and ultimately healing. So all things heal together, just like all things became out of balance together. Yeah. I think that's just so exciting and liberating, (laughs) you know, and I can relate to that sitting down and feeling like I got nothing, nothing's coming to mind. Like, I I don't know. I don't know what the hell to do right now. Like, I'm just going to sit here and spin out and whatever. Um, and with the journal. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it does eventually start to bubble to the surface and, just making that little effort and kind of letting go of the stories I was telling myself around hating to journal. You know, it's so funny because it's pretty hypocritical of me. I mean, I'm always telling my clients, like, stop saying you hate cooking. Like, the more you say you hate cooking, the more miserable cooking will be. Like, start to say something different. Like, yeah, you know, maybe not be my favorite activity, but I'm just going to put some music on and zen out and I'm just going to cook. <laughs> I don't hate it just is. And so I kind of had to step back and go, all right, Jeannie, like put your shit together. Like, this is not a big deal. Like just sit here with it. Just see what happens. Just try it. Stop telling yourself you can't journal your hate journal and just get over it and just see what happens. And it definitely got easier. I mean, I won't lie. I don't do it consistently, but I definitely notice a shift mm-hmm. when I do it. So because- well, that goes back to mindset too, right? And to what we yeah. said earlier about not believing everything the mind tells you. Because right. Yeah. If the mind tells you you hate cooking, you're going to hate cooking. If the mind tells you you can't <laughs> journal, you're you're not going to be able to journal. At the end of the day, you want to change your story. You want to change your health, change your mind. Yeah. And you simply start saying, well, I can do this. Mm-hmm. I don't have to be a gourmet chef, but I can prepare food for myself. Yeah. And I can, you know, usually when we say we hate cooking or we say we hate writing, we say we hate whatever, it's because... We don't really know how to do it. And it's frustrating. Yeah. We're always late and we're hungry and we haven't, we don't know what to make. That's what we hate. Right. And someone said, you're going to make this. This is how you're going to do it. This is all your ingredients. Follow this one, two, three, done. Yeah. And it was easy and it tasted great. We would love it. And yeah. so you just have to make it be exactly. that. Well, set yeah. yourself up for success. Get a bunch of recipes you think you can make. Get yeah. things that you think you'd like to eat. Start small you know, et cetera, et cetera. So it's the same with that. It's the same with any change. It's it's the same with creating mindfulness, period. I even tell patients with meditation, you have to sit down and meditate for an hour every day. In fact, I know plenty of people that have meditated for an hour a day for years and still are total jerks to, to mm. life for the rest of the yeah. 23 hours. Of the day. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like, what good is that? Not, yeah. Not it accomplishing really the goal. Being effective in your thinking and thinking in a way that is aligned with your goals and setting yourself up for success and managing that fear and managing that mind and that story you tell yourself and, yeah. and the secret thoughts, you know, underneath the surface of the water, pulling that all that stuff up, giving it the light of day, taking a look at it and and just really rolling up your sleeves and saying, okay, this piece is good. This can stay. This is aligned with my goal of health. This piece is not, this piece is not mine. This piece comes from some mm-hmm, other person, mm-hmm. some other story, some other time. This yeah, needs family to go. baggage, whatever. Yeah. So how do I forgive, let go and rearrange yeah. this in order to turn it into something that is aligned with 
where I want, you know, where I want to be and what I want to create, whether it's yeah, a belief or a self-talk pattern or a habit that's, that's not aligned with a goal, what, you know, whatever it is. Yeah. And this is an aside, but I think it's an important thing to touch on, you know, use, use the word forgive. And I think often people, especially if they've been, you know, harmed, feel like forgiveness is letting someone off the hook mm. on some sort of cosmic level, but really we're the ones that we're letting off the hook with that. When we can release that unforgiveness that we're hanging on to for whatever reason, I think that that can be a real block to our healing as well. If we're hanging on to that and when we can, you know, release any of that and bring that compassion piece in and just know like humans are complex and doesn't justify what someone did, but hanging on to it is really just harming us. Right. Yeah. It sort of brings up the idea of attachment in mm -hmm. general, right? If you're not forgiving, you're still attached to the wound. You're still attached to the, to mm. the thing that was done and that was good not point. okay or, or yeah. what have you. And so then you're still attached to the identity of being the victim of something. So there's right. so much that goes into forgiving or not forgiving. It's sort of like, am I willing to let go of the victim hat? Am I willing to let go of this is the reason why this? Am I willing yeah. to let go of all of this and just say, well, none of that really matters. All that matters is right now. And mm. then I have the capacity to be whatever it is that I want to create in the right now. If I'm afraid to do that or I don't want to do that, sometimes it's easier for me to use something that happened in the past is like, well, I can't because of X, Y, or Z. And so maybe right. attached to, and when I fully release and let go of that, the other, the other aspect when we, when we bring the idea of energy into this is we realize whatever we're attached to, we're giving energy to. So right. we're wearing yeah. that like a badge, yeah. right? So I'm giving energy to this person as a perpetrator mm -hmm. to me. And this person is preventing me from mm. doing something or this. I can't forgive myself. So I'm mm. you know, attached mm -hmm. to the story of, of me doing something bad or being bad or, or right. should have done something else or what have you. At the end of the day, when we forgive, when we let go, when we release all that attachment, all that we get back is our energy. We get back off. Yeah. And that's what gives us the ability to, yeah. to then go and recreate something else because we have our energy back. We can now do that. We can. Yeah forge a new thought. We can create a new habit. We can maybe put some energy into the possibilities of possibly creating a, a meal, possibly creating a, a journal entry because we've gotten our energy back from all those things that, that we were attached to keeping the same. Yeah. In any given moment, in all moments, we're always creating all the time. If we're not creating anything new, then all we're doing is recreating where we've already been. Right. And that's, you know, a, a big drain on our energy. So if you want to bring all of who you are into the present moment to create something new, you have to let go of all that baggage you are carrying because right. you can't create something new and hold on to everything you used to be at the same time. Right. They don't. Yeah. They're not aligned. Yep. And I think that that's just a beautiful way too to, like you say, not give energy to not give power to that person, that thing that happened. Right. Exactly. Right? It, it's kind of an amazing sort of energetic giving at the finger and being like, you're not going to stop me. <laughs> it's not going to hold me back anymore. I'm letting it go. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> it's not who I am. Something that happened is not who I am. Yeah. In fact, no one and no thing has that power over us when yeah. we're, when we're held to something like that, 
we're doing that to ourselves. We're mm. imprisoning ourselves. But when we free ourselves, whatever person's story, situation, incident, etc., can't impact us because we've disconnected from it. We've taken our energy yeah. back from it. We're already off creating something new. Yeah. It's it's impossible. It goes against the laws of energy. It goes against the laws of nature. So it really is and and we're the only ones that have the power to do that. No mm-hmm. one can can pigeonhole you there. No one can label you there. No one can hold your energy there. That's all you. That's all you that has the capacity to do that and undo that, to create that right. and uncreate that and choose to create something else. I always tell yeah. my patients, you know, if you get in the car and you keep your head turned behind you, looking behind you over your shoulder, where are you going to go? Right? You're going to crash. Yeah. Or yeah. you're going to only be able to drive in a circle all the time. You <laughs> have to turn your head forward and be looking ahead to get anywhere. You could have the nicest car you could be driving, the nicest yep. car on the planet, and not go anywhere because your head is is turned over your shoulder. As soon as yeah. you release that and you get the right vision, then you know you can have the by the same token the crappiest car and get yeah. go wherever you want because that's what you see. Yeah, I love that, and that's a real just what's the word I'm looking for. It's kind of a basic concept that if you're looking at something and you're driving a car, you will tend to steer towards that thing. (laughs) Same thing if you've ever ridden a skateboard or snowboarded or surfed, wherever your body turns to face, like that's the direction that you're going to go to. So it's the same concept, right? Right. Yeah. Another analogy I like to use, I used to be a river guide. So but you're right, whether you're on snow or on water, wherever you are, again, using the laws of, of physics, essentially, and energy, if you are running a river and you see an obstacle and you focus on that obstacle and keep your eye on that obstacle while you think you're paddling around that obstacle, you will go right into the obstacle. Yes. What you want to do is find the way. So you read the water and you see the route and you keep your focus on the way through that and not on the obstacle. And if all you see is the way, then that's what you're going to get. The flow of water is going to take you right to where you want to go because that's what you have set your awareness on and vision toward. You've let go of the rock. You've let go of the tree. You're not attached to that. You forgave it, pulled your Mm -hmm. energy back, and now you've set your sights on the way. So when you're standing at the top of the mountain looking down or or you're putting in the water looking down a rapid, what do you look for? You you look for your line. You find your line and that's what you keep your eye on. If you keep your eye on the tree, you're going to go into a tree. Well, if you keep your eye on the rock, you're going to flip on a rock. But so it's the same, it's the same principle yeah. with, with health, right? And with mindset. That's why it's such a buzzword, but really it's just how you live life. It, it's mm. how you do anything. If yeah. you not have a word yeah. for it or know that that's what you're doing, but you, you certainly are applying that when you do any of these recreational things or any of these other things. So why wouldn't you apply that? And in you know your food or your lifestyle choices or your health choices or right. heal. Well, I think too that something you know that's really important to remember, and this idea too that we may need guidance to get started on these changes. Like, yes, it's up to us, but if we have no idea where to start, you know, and food and cooking, it's a great example because I think a lot of people feel that 
well, there's plenty of information out there about nutrition and fitness and wellness. Like I should just be able to figure it out. And it's like, well, yeah, but that all takes energy and we have finite energy. And if your energy is, you know, spent on career and children and other things that are going on and you don't know where to start getting that help or support initially to get started or to get some guidance on that can make all the difference in the world. And, you know, one of the things that you said to me when we spoke last was that, you know, it kind of takes a a team for people often we're addressing complex health issues or trying to really shift the trajectory of our lives. And we often do need support in different areas to do that. So I'm wondering if you expand a little bit on that, because I know when I first was talking to you about this, I was like, well, wow, you know, if it's all just about energetics, like, do we actually like need you know, if we can heal this way, do we actually need doctors and do we need coaches and therapists? Like, and you said, well, absolutely. So tell me a little more about that. Cause I thought that that was really interesting and helpful. Well, I mean, I, I sort of think of it as a healing team. It's kind of like if you wanted to be an athlete and achieve a, a big goal, like one of your athletic goals, you would get a coach and you would get a trainer and you would get you know, all of these people to support you on that, on that goal. And it's really the same with your health. You know, I think that you have to do the work. There's no question. We each have to be the the architect for our own design, but there are a myriad of ways to get to that goal. And you find those that you align with that help you with that aspect that you need help with at that time. And that will change, you know, it's a work in progress. It's a moving organism. So maybe you need someone at first to help you get started with cooking or help you get started with a weight training program or help you get started with maybe medical help or assessment or treatments that are aligned with that goal. But over time you learn and you say, oh yeah, I know these are some maybe herbs and supplements and and vitamins or dietary things, considerations that I need to kind of be on in order to to be my my best. I know that I tend to burn through B vitamins or I, you know, if I have B6, my, I don't have any PMS or, you know, if I have my vitamin D, I don't get any, you know, pain and discomfort with lifting or, you know, whatever it is. So you may learn these things then over time, the level that you're performing or the level that you're feeling or your health. Now you want to upgrade it to something else. You want to say, oh, well, I lost that weight. I'm pretty fit. My hormones look good. I feel great. But now I want to go train for a marathon or now I want to go and learn Indian cooking or, you know, like whatever your next yes. goal is. So I think it's really important to know, you know, it's always just a snapshot in time and finding your, your team support, you might gravitate toward acupuncture, you might gravitate toward a therapist, you might gravitate toward doing some deep, you know, shamanic or energy work, you might gravitate toward an Ayurvedic practitioner, you know, whatever it is, you might go to a chiropractor, someone else might opt for a different intervention. At the end of the day, I think it's our job as practitioners to just be one of the spokes of the wheel. As a physician, I tend to sort of be the the architect of the whole plan, right? So I offer all the options and say, well, what suits you? You can do it this way. You can do it this way. You can use this modality. You can use this one. But this is our end goal for this aspect of your health. And these are the ways we can approach it. Which one aligns with you or which one would you like to bring in? And then, you know, as we keep checking in, that that changes. But I do think it's a team effort. I do think not one person, not one practitioner 
not one therapist, not one anything can do it all. Same with a patient. You know, you you shouldn't put your, the pressure necessarily on yourself that you should just know how to do all these things that ask for help, you know, get help and, and learn and grow and evolve and and then seek the next thing. Um, And I also believe there's some sort of guidance there too. You know, we sort of bump into or find our way through, oh, I heard about this or someone in yoga class mentioned this or it always happens. I'll say, well, have you ever done this? And they'll say, oh, someone just the other day said that to me. <laughs> yeah. Sort of the universe opens up when we start asking the right questions and putting out the right intentions. The universe kind of shows up and helps us along. All we have to do is kind of heed the the little messages and show up. Yeah. It's sort of that concept of when the student is ready, the teacher will appear. Right. I found that to be so, so true in my life. Yeah. Like in, you know, and then once something sort of in your peripheral vision, like you start seeing it everywhere, things will come up over and over and you'll get these repeated confirmations or messages, which is really cool. I think and exciting because then it's just confirmation that I'm on the right path. Things are going to shift, things are changing and it's a little easier to be more, just to show up more and be Mm -hmm. more consistent or dedicated. So, so this has been amazing. And I so appreciate you taking the time to talk about this because I, and you know, you know, I've already sent people your way just because I feel like it's a wonderful place to start for people to kind of understand these concepts, start to unlock the deeper stuff. Because as we become aware, then we know more specifically, like, what do we need to address? Where do I need that mm-hmm. specific support? Who do I need in my team? And, you know, like we were just talking about, you might have better radar for the people that should be on your team and the people mm-hmm. who shouldn't because you're more aware of where you're headed and what you want, you know, to call in there. So tell us where people can find you, Nikki, and how they can work with you. My website, Wind River Medicine. I'll put it in the show notes too. So (laughs) you guys don't have to remember this. I'll put it, (laughs) whatever it is, it'll be in there. And I'm currently located in two places, sort of Boulder, Colorado and Burlington or South Burlington, Vermont, where I'm in the process of setting up a practice back East because I think post COVID, a lot of people have, have experienced similar to me, which is family ill health and, and ailing and aging parents and things like that. Mm. So yeah, I can relate um, to that. Yeah. So I'm a little bit in transition. I'm trying to get things started out east, but we'll be going back and, and forth to Boulder, Colorado. And I also do telemedicine and work with a variety of locations. So you can get in touch through the website and learn more that way. Awesome. Cool. Well, anything else that's last minute you want to add? Any thoughts or tips for people? Well, I hoped I hope this was helpful and and maybe it sparked a little a little light deep inside somewhere that is helping to offer some new avenues for healing and exploration and and growth and it was so fun. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being here. Hey there. Thanks for hanging out with me today. And if you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and leave me a quick review. Also check out the show notes for links to connect, follow, and share this podcast and for information featured in each episode. See you next time. I am not a doctor and the content here should not be taken as medical advice. All information in this podcast is for informational purposes only, does not constitute medical advice, and does not establish any kind of practitioner or coach-client relationship. 
This podcast is not a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Do not disregard medical advice or delay seeking medical advice because of information you hear in this podcast or any other. And do not start or stop any medications without speaking to your health provider. Always seek the advice of a qualified health practitioner before undertaking a new health regimen. This podcast and website represents the opinion of Jeannie Oliver and guests to the show. Opinions of guests are their own and do not reflect the opinions of Jeannie Oliver Wellness, LLC, or our producers.